Hello, this is episode 25. And in this episode of the Confident Live Marketing Show, I've got my friend Colin Gray to talk about how to take your live streams and make them into a podcast. Hope you enjoy it. But first... Looks like it's time for something completely nutty. Helen, will you do the honour of this first dance? Oh, all right then. What kind of dance were you thinking of? How about the tango? Ooh, now you're talking. Podcasting from live video. Podcasting from live video. Podcasting from live video. Podcasting from live I think it's time to learn podcasting from live video. I think it's time to get Colin Gray on the show. Podcasting from your live video show. Did you know it's the only way to go? That wasn't quite the tango I had in mind. Sorry, but I've got this week's podcast on the brain. Well, it sounds like a good one. Let's get Colin Gray on now. This is the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. Confident Live Marketing Podcast. With Ian Anderson Gray, helping entrepreneurs level up their impact, authority and profits through the power of live video. Gain confidence in front of the camera, confidence with technology and confidence with the content and marketing. Together, we can go live! Hello, it's Ian Anderson Gray on the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. Can you believe it? This is episode 25. That is really exciting. So today I'm going to be having Colin Gray on to talk about how to get a podcast from your live videos. We're going to be talking about everything to do with podcasting, which is really cool. But today, as always, is sponsored by my good friends at Ecom Live. So Ecom Live is my top recommended live video tool for Mac users. And that's because it's a standalone app that makes full power of your Mac and helps you level up your impact and authority using Confident Live Video. One of the reasons why I love Ecom Live is because it is a standalone app, it takes the full control over your Mac and it, it really is one of the most easy to use yet powerful live video tools. And you can do things like bringing in guests onto your show, multiple guests. You can highlight comments on the screen. You can save the video for later, which makes repurposing so much easier. And if you want to get really fancy, you can do loads of cool stuff like NDI, green screen, virtual webcams and stuff like that. And of course, it integrates with Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Twitch, and all the rest of them. It's really cool. So if you want to have a little play with this, all you need to do is go to iag.me forward slash ecam live. That's iag.me forward slash e-c-a-m-m-l-i-v-e. And you can download a free trial and have a little play with it. I also want to let you know about a giveaway that I'm doing at the moment. We've got some amazing tools to give away. We've got Ecom Live Pro. We've got StreamYard, which is an amazing tool for Macs and PCs. Agora Pulse. Wave Video. I've got so much stuff. It actually totals over $6,500. So all you need to do is go to iag.me forward slash giveaway and you can find out how to win those prizes. All it is is really sharing this, subscribing to the podcast, all those kind of things. It's really, really cool. On today's show, I'm really excited to have 
Colin Gray on the show. And he's not just a fantastic guy because he has the same surname as me, but he is just a fantastic guy because he's a podcaster, he's a speaker, he's got a PhD and founder of both The Podcast Host and Alitu, The Podcast Maker. Thepodcasthost.com is a huge audio, video and written resource on creating a successful show. And Alitu.com is a web app that helps anyone to make a podcast really easily by polishing, branding, and publishing your show. Colin, great to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me and great to be here. It's great. I'm really, really excited to have you here because you are the man that I go to with everything to do with podcasting. I mean, I'm going to ask you a little bit more about your background and stuff. And how did you actually, how did we meet? Can you remember that? How did we meet? I think, where would it have been? It was one of the events, one of maybe, was it uh new media europe that's right i think you're right did it was you before youpreneur wasn't it, it must have yeah. been new media europe i'm sure so yeah. did you come to the new media europe in manchester or london or both all of them ah so i in manchester in 2015 16 <laughs> yeah so it was the first one was pod 14 so that mm. was 2014 then 15 it was birmingham then 16 it was manchester ah and 17 London. Yeah. So it's 16. Yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 I came then. So that's, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. And so, so you've got this, what's your PhD in, by the way? I've, I, I've asked you this before and I've forgotten. Uh, online learning. So just how to teach well with technology, basically. Very good. Okay. So how did you get into podcasting? And, and, and <laughs> I, I, this is, we probably have to have the expediated version. You know, we could go yeah. on for a long time, but just, yeah. uh, I'm just interested in how you, you got from that into podcasting. Well, it was all about that, really. Yeah. The quick story is really I taught lecturers how to be really good at teaching with technology. So using technology based tools to be better with their students. And so I taught blogging, wikis, uh, video, all that kind of stuff. And podcasting, of course, came along and really education around 2007 2008 and I was told as a learning technologist go and learn this podcasting thing what is this weird audio <laughs> thing go and find out about it and tell us how it works um so I did I went and found out about it and I just I fell in love with the medium right away I just oh. it really suits my personality the whole kind of it kind of it's longer conversations more intimate more personable yeah. less kind of um of the bombastic high impact video side of things and more kind of uh, understated, just normal, natural, and long form conversations. Yeah. I just love the format of it. And it's really good for teaching as well, yeah. because it's, you know, it can be in the background. You could be walking a dog, you can be ironing your clothes, you can be on the bus, on the train, listening in the background. It just makes use of that wasted time. So that's how I got into it. I, I learned it to teach lecturers. I ran a course at the university for three or four years teaching lecturers how to use it as a teaching tool. And during that time, I started the podcasthost.com. So the site I run these days, just writing about everything that I was learning about it. So that really is then what turned into everything I do now. That's cool. Yeah, then definitely check out the podcasthost.com. It has so much information on that. I mean, this obviously you've been doing this for a while, so you've built this up over over quite a few years, we'll say that. And uh, yes. um, yeah, I, it's interesting what you say about why you fell in love with podcasting as a medium. And I, I feel the same, you know, you can be yourself. And this is why I believe that as well as doing live video, I think it's a good idea to be focusing on podcasting too. That's one of the reasons why with this this show, I do it as a podcast as well as a live video, because I know that 
actually a lot of my audience, although they love video and they like consuming video, they don't always have the time to do that or they're not in the mood. They might be driving, they might be walking the dog. And if you start watching a video while you're walking the dog, you're going to fall over, aren't you? <laughs> so I love, I do love the intimacy of video, but there's something almost even more intimate about podcasting, would you say? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think live video and podcasting are really almost equivalent. So you've got like YouTube is a, is a funny thing, isn't it? Because it's a lot of YouTube is about the kind of the polish, like people putting a bit more work into their production, like skipping, doing edits, you know, the kind of jump cuts, all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's polishing up your natural self. It's not being quite honest. It's like editing yourself down. Whereas podcasting, you do edit sometimes, but actually more often than not, it's just live and loud. You just go out there, you just see what happens because you're talking for half an hour. If you end up editing that a lot, it just takes too long to produce. So live video and podcasting, I think, are much more, they're much more honest, much more real, I suppose, less polished and more just putting yourself out there, warts and all. I love that. Yeah, honest. I think that's really important. I mean, I I do put a little bit of uh, effort into the look and feel of my, my live videos, yeah. but I still, I think actually, to be honest, the most important thing is just being real and authentic. I know these are words that we use a lot, but ultimately, I'm, I'm more interested in finding out about the real people, the, the people behind the businesses. And uh, live video and podcasting, I think, can, can do that. Because, you, yeah, you, you can't, yes, you can edit a podcast. You can edit out the ums and the errs, but it's still really, it's the real person. Much more so than I think with some of these YouTube videos, as you say. That's good. So, yeah, when it comes to live video, have you done much in the, in the way of live video? And do you get nervous with live video? Yeah, I've played around with it a fair bit. I have gone from the sort of basic, just using a webcam, putting it out there, just going live on them. Um, I remember back in the Meerkat Periscope days uh, through to Ecamm Live that obviously you talked about a little while ago. Um, I've used them a fair bit as well. It just makes it nice and easy. And I recently, I wanted to get into it much more seriously and bought some some much more pro gear. So I got a, a Blackmagic card for my PC so I could plug my DSLR into my PC, for example, and use that as broadcast camera just to add that bit of polish like you say just to make it look a bit more pro so I have done a fair bit I need I want to do more I definitely want to do more because I think that like I said I think it ties so well into podcasting it be, can be repurposed into a podcast as you demonstrate so well and it just it uses those skills you know, those presentation skills that we develop as podcasters, as speakers on the stage that I know you do as well, Ian. So it's just something that I think I should do to capitalize on all those things that we have here. That's cool. I have to say, yeah, your picture looks amazing. Are you using a DSLR at the moment? No, this is just oh. the uh, Logitech 920, actually. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. So, that, so that is, a, so I, obviously, if you're listening to the podcast, you will not be able to see Colin's video, but you can always go back to it later. And, and so this actually is really interesting because sometimes we can overcomplicate things and we can think, oh yeah, I need to get the most uh, expensive camera. Yeah. But you know what? <laughs> yeah, Colin is using a C920 and I think, I think your image looks great. So we, you don't always have to go for the really complicated stuff. I, I recently upgraded to the Brio and still I haven't oh, okay. gone to the, yeah. I haven't gone to the, uh, the, the DSLR quite yet. It's maybe, maybe next year. We'll see. Yeah. I think it's funny, isn't it? Like I'm in my normal office space here. We've got a studio next door as well. I think in the studio, the DSLR makes a big difference because I've got some nice background uh, you can get that kind of uh, the bokeh uh, blurred out background effect but here we've got good lighting in here uh, so yeah you're right like just a normal kind of camera works fine 
Yeah, and I, and I think the, the other thing to say is that actually when it comes to live video, just being in your real environment, so like Colin is today, he's, he's in his office, you can see the books in the background, and it looks great. So you don't have to go for the, the, the complicated stuff. I, I, I'm going to talk to you a little bit more about the gear later, but out of interest, what microphone are you using at the moment? This is the podcaster, Rode Podcaster. Ah, cool. That's yeah. good. So I'll ask you a little bit more about about the the gear that we can use because obviously Colin knows a few things about microphones and audio. And of course, if you want to know more, then just go to thepodcasthost.com and loads and loads of reviews of all the, the latest microphones and all the other kind of stuff out of there. So we've kind of covered this already a little bit. I've asked you about the power of podcasting and live video, but why do you think people should consider podcasting as business owners? Why should we consider live video, but then as well as that, podcasting? Why why go that yeah. extra mile and do podcasting? Yeah, I th- there's, yeah, it's a g- good thing to delve into properly because we mentioned it before, the, the personality is a big part of it, but there's other stuff on top of that too. So the personality, the the kind of intimacy, the the one-to-one connection that you build with a podcast is is a big, really powerful thing about podcasting. But it's amplified by one thing that builds on something we said before as well, which is attention. Now, with YouTube, for example, with video, most of the time people are watching it in a distractible situation. So they might be on their computer, you know, watching it in a web browser with loads of other videos down the sidebar with like notifications coming up, stuff like that. Or they might even be on their phone, but they've got notifications coming up there and they're they're watching the screen. So they're they're ready to be distracted by other things involving that screen. But with podcasting, the great thing about it is that it's a secondary type medium. You're listening generally while you're doing something else. So it's entertaining you during a boring time. And because of that, you don't get distracted. You're actually just desperate for something to entertain you. And that is why, you know, YouTube has attention spans of three, four, five minutes. I'm not sure interested to hear what you say on uh, whether live video has got any stats around that. But certainly podcasting, you know, people listen for half an hour, an hour or more at a time, which shows the attention it gets. There's one show called Hardcore History by Dan Carlin, which is three hours long generally, one guy talking on his own about history, and he's got hundreds of thousands of listeners. So it just shows the attention people get. So what that leads to is this one-to-one connection that you build, but also over a really short period of time because people are listening for hours per week. So within a few months, you've got people that turn into fanatical, loyal fans of your brand because they know you so well and they've spent so much time with you. And that, importantly for businesses, turns into customers because as soon as they know you like that, as soon as they're loyal fans of your brand, they will do whatever you ask them to do, (laughs) you know, on a reasonable basis. If you have a good product, if you have a good service and you say, look, this is something that can help you, go and buy it here, you will get a huge conversion rate compared to blogging, compared to video. People will buy what you put out because they trust you, they know you, they like you, and they're fans of what you do. Totally agree with you. And I think with live video, the advantages are that you're getting that one-to-one connection. You know, people can ask you questions live. You can get back to them. Uh, It's very authentic and people can see you. But the the listen time or the watch time is far lower than it will be with podcasting. I mean, sometimes people will dip in and out of a live video. Yes, there are ways that you can increase the watch time on a live video. And we have talked about that on the show. But with podcasting, people are, they kind of plug they kind of plug you into their ears, don't they? And they're, yeah. they're with you for half an hour, an hour. And yeah, I, I listen to a podcast 
not every week, but you know, quite often it's two hours long and it's all about security in the tech world. It sounds like the most boring ever. Uh, ever. <laughs> I do put it up, up to two times speed because I want to get through it quickly. But yeah, yeah it just shows you, it, it really does show you the, the power of podcasting and, and how much of an intimate experience I think it is. Yeah. So yeah, that's really cool. And so I think as well as thinking about live video, doing podcasts is definitely a good thing. What do you think about the idea of of doing a podcast from a live video? I think it can work. I think because I think, as we've said, it is very similar type of content. But I think there's a few things to be really careful of around doing it and repurposing it. And I, there's a couple of formats that I've tried in the past, which I think have worked quite well, but they mainly revolve around the fact that live video often is really powerful because you get to interact with people directly. You know, people come on the live, they watch you, they talk to you in the chat and you can say, hi, how are you doing? Bob from Kansas. And, you know, you can mention them, you can name check them. It's like radio, local radio. They mention as many people as they can because that's what engages the audience. And that's the great thing about live video. But that is dull on a podcast yeah. <laughs> you don't want to hear that you don't want to hear these interruptions you don't want to hear the people that are watching you don't want to hear any of that you want the good content and the person speaking to the listener so i think that's the main thing but is it is it worth going into the uh the format that i've tried a few times like to to repurpose that in, into a podcast effectively i definitely think so because i think that is the key to, because in a way there are two two audiences, aren't there? There's there's the yeah. there's the the live viewers, and then there are people in the future, which are probably more, very much like your your podcast yes. uh, listeners as well. So yeah, I'd love to hear. Yeah. I mean, I've got my format, but I'm always looking to improve it. So uh, yeah, what would what would you do? Cool, I'd love to hear that afterwards as well. Then, mm. but yeah, the way the way I do it is, I you're exactly right. There are two different audiences, and I think you just split them. You split those audiences into segments. So what I do is I go on live. I'll start with the five minutes of the social side of things, saying, "Hey, Bob from Canvas. Hey, uh, Sarah from blah blah blah," and you do the chat for five minutes or so because. People want to hear that. And also it kind of just warms people up for the main content to come. Then I'll do five minutes on the topic, but asking the audience about it. So I'll say, right, today I want to talk about microphones and podcasting. What's the best mic for podcasting? Now, what do you guys use? And I'll ask that of the of the audience and we'll have a wee chat around it. People will write in what they, what they use, what mics they use. And then I'll say, well, what do you struggle with about it? What questions do you have about mics? What are you most interested in around this subject? And they'll pop that all in the chat too. So 10 minutes later, I've done five minutes of social, five minutes of a wee bit of research around the topic. And I'll say something like, okay, right, let's get into the content now. What I'm going to do is I'm going to spend about 15 minutes talking about mics and podcasting. I'm going to go through the whole thing. I'm going to introduce you to it. I'm going to give you what's something to do. And I'm going to give you actions at the end of it. And then what we're going to do at the very end, if you stick with me through this, then we'll do a QA and a afterwards. We'll do maybe 10, 15 minutes of question and answers based on this. But during the content, I'm not going to be watching the chat. I'm just going to do my thing. Hopefully you'll keep stay around and I can talk to you afterwards. And then I go into the content and I'll do the content uninterrupted. Won't even look at the chat. I'll just follow the plan that I have. But I'll actually, I'll integrate the questions, the feedback, the, the stats that I just got from my audience. So you're involving the people that have come along live, but you're also creating better content because you've informed it through a little bit of user research. You know, you've had real people tell you what they want to know about it. So it makes for better main content as well. And then once you're finished, you go into that Q&A, spend as long as you want, just talking to people again, keep them involved. And I think if you get into that routine, people 
actually really enjoy it. They're happy to stick around and watch the live 15 or so minutes where even longer where you don't talk to them because they know that you involve their feedback and you have a good chat afterwards as well. And I've found that works. And obviously the the upshot of that is you then take the full recording. You only take the 15 minutes in the middle and that is what you turn into a podcast. You cut out the social star and you cut out the Q&A at the end. Although arguably the Q&A at the end actually is still valuable. That might actually be still valuable content if it's relatively general question and answers. So yeah, that's I've found that works for me, but interested to hear whether that differs from yourself, Ian. I love that. Yeah. And I think that is the way to do it is, is to, to structure your live show in, in a way that you can cut out the beginning and the end, you know, when you are kind of talking a little, maybe a little bit more informally. And, and that's what we, we've kind of done in this podcast. We, we have this uh, little kind of intro and then we have a, just a bit of an informal chat at the beginning. And so we can then cut, cut that out. And we don't, I actually then do the rest of it all in one podcast. And what I try and do, so actually we've got Carrie, Carrie's here. So I'm going to say hello to Carrie. So it's great to have you on She's dipping in to say hello. If you've let me know if you've got any questions for Colin Curry. But yes, yeah, sometimes what I'll do is I'll talk with my guest or I'll talk if it's if I'm doing a solo podcast, I'll talk talk on something. I will always say to the audience, I will get back to your questions, but I'm going to be focusing on this for the next five, 10 minutes. Yeah, and then yeah. I will then get some, some, sometimes I'll have some amazing questions. Quite often I'll have some amazing questions. So I can then answer those questions live on the show. And they actually do work really well on the podcast. Now, I, I don't know about you, but I produce myself. That's actually quite difficult to do, to be able to, to produce the live video and the podcast and manage the comments all at the same time. But what you can do is get somebody else to moderate those comments and to actually answer those questions in their background. So you can be community building in the background. And I know a lot of people that do this really, really well. So if somebody in the comments is asking a question that your moderator knows the answer to, they can say, oh yeah, yeah, I know the answer to that. You need to go to this website and Ian or Colin will be able to, he'll answer that question very shortly. He's just on the main segment. So you could get other people involved. Is that something you've considered? Yeah, I've had Matthew help me a few times. Uh, so Matthew's one of my team members here at the company and um, he can be in the background managing the chat quite often. So yeah, definitely help helps a lot. <laughs> That's cool. How has podcasting changed your business? Obviously your business is about podcasting, but <laughs> how has it actually, the, the process or the actual, actual doing of podcasting changed your business? And do you think live video has changed your business in any way? Has that been a positive influence? I think, I mean, with the, how podcasting has changed my business question, it's, it's funny how you can, you know, you can have this feeling that you, you know a medium and you, you think it's really effective and you can tell people that. So I, we've always told people exactly what I told you earlier on about how much more effective podcasting is at selling, at building a brand, at building loyal fans of, of anything. And I've, I've always felt like I knew that, but do you know, in the last uh, be 12 months to close to maybe even two years by now, but certainly more in the last six months. We've had so many people joining um, our podcast maker app, Alitu. We've had so many people joining our academy, the Podcast Host Academy, and telling us that they did it just because they've listened to the podcast. Like they've, our traffic is way bigger on our blog. So many, many, like I'm two, a hundred times as many people read our blog every month as listen to our podcast episodes. Our email list is way bigger than our, our podcast listeners too, about 10 times. So 10 times more people read our emails than listen to our podcast. But we probably get 10 to 100 times more customers through the podcast than either of those. 
so it just this last year or so it's just shown me it's just you know cemented that fact that a podcast is so much more effective at building that trust needed for people to become customers of you to to actually buy into your brand it's that word trust again isn't it and i think podcasting is absolutely a trust builder i think live video can be too yeah because it is that authentic medium it is your face as well have you found that as well with live video yeah i I mean i've not done it enough to Mm. to really have the same effect but i certainly think um, i have that same gut feeling just from the interactions i've had with people during the lives that i have done and and you know the the follow-ups to it and that kind of stuff i just i know it'll have the same effect if i just commit to doing it on a regular basis um, and i'm sure you've had that effect as well Definitely. Yeah. Just a quick question before I bring in the second sponsor, which is something that I've heard so many people mixed views on, which is, should you focus on solo episodes or only always have guests or a bit of both? And I I know this kind of depends on so many factors, but if you're just starting off, I mean, in some ways, bringing in guests all the time, from a tech point of view, it's a bit more difficult, but from a confidence point of view, it's a lot easier, isn't it? Because you're just having a conversation like we're doing today. What's your views on that? I, yeah, I think a lot of people miss a trick by doing too much interviewing and not getting on the mic by themselves every now and again. Um, I think for a couple of reasons, partly because when you do interviews, you're building a bit of your own brand, but it takes a lot longer, I think, because you're just not on, you're not on the mic. You're not um, showcasing your knowledge half as much. So you're, you know, building your own credibility, your own audience takes longer, I think, on interview-based yeah. shows. Um, and partly as well, because like you said, the logistics around interview shows are so much more <laughs> complicated, like trying to find interviewees, um, managing the content, uh, you know, setting up all the, the calls, all that kind of stuff. And the content is so much more hit and miss as well, because you don't have as much control over it. Like you're you're not telling me what to say right now. You're directing <laughs> me with your questions, but I could say whatever I want. I could talk for another 10 minutes. And, well, that's uh, true. But I, I did I did choose you because I trust you. So. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, you get bad interview shows because the interviewee is not necessarily very good and doesn't deliver. So doing a solo show, I, I usually recommend if some people want to do an interview show, they can be really good. They can be great quality, but mix in some solo episodes. Like do once a month, if you do a weekly show, once a month, do a solo one, or even every second week, do a solo one. So simultaneously, you're cutting down some of that logistics work around arranging the interviews. You're cutting down some of the editing probably because interviews tend to be a bit trickier that way. You're building your own brand just a bit more regularly. And it just, I I think that can work really well, just mixing up a bit like that. Yeah, I love that. And that's something that I've tried to do. Although doing solo episodes, in my experience, is a lot more difficult because I think it feels less natural to do so. But I I think I did the first eight episodes of solo shows. I do try to mix it up. And I just have a quick follow-up question to you because this is something that I know I've struggled with and I know many of my clients and my audience struggle with, which is when it comes to a solo show, it just feels far less natural. I know some of us, we talk to ourselves yeah. a lot, but most of most of the time we're talking with another person we're having a conversation and when you're yeah. speaking on your own it just feels a little bit weird let's be frank yes. how, how do you get yeah. over that have you got any tips <laughs> it does it feels mm. a bit weird um the first one is the one that nobody wants to hear which is that it's practice it is literally just practice i mean i i feel quite comfortable doing solo shows nowadays but probably only because i've done a hundred plus of them over my life if not more so doing 10 minutes just with a few bullet points in front of me it feels it honestly does start to feel quite natural and I did not feel natural at all at the start. Like it's not like that came naturally to me. That was a lot of work to get to that stage. But the other one, the, the more practical tip is 
and, and a lot of people think this is a bit weird, but it does work. I've tried it and many people have is to put something that personifies your audience in front of you. So you're speaking to that. So behind your microphone, people might have a photo. Like I, I have seen people put a photo on the wall behind a microphone and just look at that photograph and pretend they're talking to that person. Pretend that person asked you a question that's on your bullet points in front of you and answer it and speak to that person. Think about the actual listener out there in the world that that photo represents. The slightly more strange one that I've seen people do, maybe it works, uh, not one I've tried, but is to put a teddy bear there. So <laughs> I've seen some people put like a, a teddy or some kind of character, like a, a doll or a you know a Star Wars figure sitting behind the mic and you're talking to that thing. It, it's all about finding something that you identify with, I think, that makes you yeah. a little bit more comfortable, that, that gives you something to speak to. So it's not you speaking to the mic or you speaking to yourself. It's reminding you that you're speaking to the listen. You're speaking to real people out there in the world. Real people are listening to this content. So treat it that way. Talk to them personally. That's really cool. And I, I, I actually think that's a really good thing to do to actually have a photo of somebody behind the camera. For, for another reason is that it forces you to look through the camera because what a lot of people do is they look down, they look at themselves on the screen. And so that can really help if you're looking at something and that something is behind the camera, that can really, really help. And practice. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the unfortunate <laughs> truth, isn't it? That we have yeah. to practice. And if you have those questions beforehand, maybe that's your audience have asked you, then that makes it probably makes it easier too so uh, yeah that's true yeah, yeah i hadn't thought about that actually but yeah if you source the questions from real life people then you can actually say their names and you, you're speaking to that person directly Absolutely. And, and I think the, the, the problem that some people have, when particularly when they're starting a live show, is that the, the worry is they don't have any people watching. So they're waiting for those questions and they don't come. And that yeah, flummoxes yeah. them. So I think you need to get those questions in before you start the show. Carrie says, uh, from the right people, I like a mix of solo and interviewing episodes. So mm. and I, I think I'm the same. I, 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 I like a mixture. It kind of depends on who the guest is as well, because not all of the guests are going to be of interest to everyone. So that's another thing to to think about. Anyway, it's time for my next sponsor. And uh, I think, Colin, you know Amy from uh, Content 10X. Indeed. Uh, so Content 10X are proud sponsors of the Confident Live Marketing Show. They are experts in content repurposing. They provide a full end-to-end repurposing service. So they take one piece of content and a great medium, of course, is live video because it's so easy to create. Once you've sorted out that tech, you've gone live, you press the end broadcast button, then Content 10X will take that and repurpose it to explode across the interwebs, saving you time and helping you build your business. So definitely check out content10x.com. They've got an awesome blog, which is packed with all advice and information to do with repurposing. And of course, they've got a podcast as well, as all proper businesses have. And they've got over 100 episodes. I'm really excited for Amy. And Amy's actually also got a book. She was talking about this a couple of episodes ago. So check out the Content 10X website. And it's got all this information on the book as well. You're listening, listening to the to Confident, Confident Live Marketing, Marketing Podcast, Podcast with, with Ian, Ian Anderson, Anderson Gray. So we're back and talking. Now I want to talk about gear and tools. And a lot of people get really excited about this. I can see you getting excited. <laughs> I mean, the, the thing is, of course, you've got to get all the other stuff sorted first. You've got to know why you're doing the podcast. 
But at some point, we get to this question, which is, what tools and gear do we need to get started with podcasting? Yeah, yeah. And it's, and it's the, it's the favourite subject, isn't it? It's, uh, it? it's the bit that I always tell everyone is the least important, but it's the bit that I probably enjoy the most. <laughs> yeah, likewise. Uh, and, it, and it's why this site started as well. Like the first, the first article in the whole website uh, that took off at the podcastwoods.com was uh, one about microphones. What's the best microphone to choose? <laughs> yeah, definitely. So if you're getting started with podcasting, what gear would you recommend? Yeah, so I mean, I do recommend, despite the fact that I love all sorts of complicated gear, I do recommend keeping it really simple to start with. So the best thing you can do is make it so that it's just plug and play. Uh, all you do is stick it into your computer, you record directly in, uh, you don't have to worry about anything else. Uh, you know, one of the biggest mistakes I see people making is thinking they have to get pro audio right away. So they go out and buy a mixer and digital recorder and an XLR and a dynamic mic or something like that. And it's all you know, the more bits you have in there, the more likely it is that something will break or even just one of the settings will be off and you'll end up spending your 30 minute podcasting time just trying to set up your gear and you never get it done. So that's rubbish. So the best, a couple of good USB mics to recommend to begin with. Uh, USB mic, meaning it can just plug right into your laptop, right into your computer. You can record directly into, say, Skype like this, using Ecamm to record a call, or directly into something like Audacity or Audition, which are both audio recording and editing programs on your computer. So the Samson Q2U is a great microphone. A uh, little USB mic plugs right in. It's a handheld mic, so you get a stand with it when you buy it on Amazon, or you can buy yourself a, a boom arm. So a boom arm is one of those stands that kind of clips to the side of your desk and it can move around a lot. You can push it out the way. So it just makes it really convenient to record. And again, simplicity, again, making it so easy to just hit the record button and just get your show out there. That's the key to being consistent and getting it out there week after week. If you do want to upgrade, so going from a standard USB mic, the Samsung Q2U, the one I've got in front of me here, the Rode Podcaster, is a great mic, really good quality, like professional quality audio, really, but straight into a computer, really easy, really simple. Do you ever recorded a mobile, Ian? Is it worth going into a quick setup if somebody wanted to get out and about and record it on their phone? Yeah, I think so. So the, the two setups, I always say, for, particularly with live video, start off with using your smartphone and, yeah. and then move over to to using a computer. Yes, the quality is better, but it's more difficult on a computer. So start yeah. off with mobile. But also, if you're out and about, you can't really lug your computer around. So yeah, yeah, yeah. just do you want to briefly go through uh, some, some thoughts on that? Yeah, well, funnily enough, that's really relevant to live video too, actually, because this mic that I'm about to mention works perfectly for sticking your camera, your phone up on a wee tripod and just plugging the, the mic and sticking it on your, your shirt. So it's a, a lapel mic called, it's from Rode again. I'm honestly not paid by Rode, <laughs> but they just make some good gear. Uh, the Rode Smart Lav Plus. So Smart Lav Plus. And it's a, what they call a lavalier mic or a tie clip mic. So it plugs into your phone directly. Uh, you just plug it into the headphone uh, socket on the bottom or through an adapter, considering half the phones are getting rid of their headphone and the sockets. Uh, but you can plug it in right in the bottom and you clip it onto your shirt and you just start speaking. And actually, you can record directly into the dictaphone on your phone. You could upgrade and buy a, you know, a full-on um, audio recording and editing app for your phone, which would be good too. But
but it works into Facebook Live, into Periscope, into any of these, uh, any of the live broadcasting platforms too. So it works really well. Um, and a cool little bonus with the Smart Lav is that Rode have a little adapter called the SC6, that's Sierra Charlie 6, which lets you plug it into the bottom of your phone and it means you can plug in two of these mics. So you can do an interview on the move really easily. I always have one of these in my bag. Whenever I go to a conference, whenever I go out to an event, I always have it with me because it means that I can just plug this into the bottom of my phone, stick one smart lav on my shirt, one smart lav on somebody else's shirt, and we can just talk like a really natural conversation as if there's nothing there. People are, they're not being intimidated by you holding a mic up in front of their face. They're just speaking hands-free uh, and you can get really good quality audio through that. Yeah, totally agree. I've got the, the Rode Smart Lab Plus myself. It's a really, really good microphone. And I, I think it's the, the first thing I would do to upgrade your live video studio from a smartphone is to get one of those because it really enhances the quality. People are going to forgive if the video quality is not great, but they're not going to forgive if your audio is not good. So check that out. And also the SC6, the great thing about it if you're doing interviews is it also has a headphone jack. So you can yes. actually listen to people, listen to your guest which might help yeah, as well yeah. um, one, one thing i've noticed with the smart lab just i don't know whether you've had this but it works with my iphone fine but with android phones i think it's a bit hit or miss you need to check first it didn't work on my google nexus so you because i think some of the headphone jacks are slightly different i, I don't know there's, there's a whole geeky thing we could get into there but just check that first and if they if, if it doesn't i think there are adapters that will help with that yeah it certainly worked with i've always had a uh, galaxy uh, s series so i had so it works with that. And six and it, i had all the even numbers <laughs> um and it worked with all of them oh well, that's good yeah so it, it, hopefully hopefully it will work with most of those we've got a great question from Anne hung here which is will you edit the live video material to a podcast or just upload the raw recorded live video so this is interesting because i know there are some tools out there there's a tool called repurpose.io which will actually take your live video strip out the audio and publish that straight to libsyn that's that's a very quick and easy raw way what i do is i i'm recording this into adobe audition and then i've, I've got colin's voice on a separate track to me so i that's a bit more of a geeky way but what, what what's your view on that what would you do with uh, if you're repurposing live video yeah, I would I would do at least a little bit of editing as maybe along the lines of even a simple version of what we mentioned earlier. So cutting off just the, you know, there's always a little bit of as soon as you hit record, there's a bit of a pause. There's a, oh, I think, are we live? Yeah, are we live? Yeah, we're like, oh, hello, everyone. Yeah, we're live. Woo. Uh, and there's always that little, so at least sort of topping and tailing your recording, I would say, to make it so that it starts when the content starts. You can get, there's lots of just web-based converters where you can upload a video and just get the audio track out of it lots of software as well like um like camtasia like audacity i don't think audacity can take a video file but yeah there's there's definitely a lot of free options out there where you can just rip an audio track from a video and actually i'll mention it is our our own app alitu so alitu.com you can upload a live video to that and we'll take the audio track and just give you the audio track processed cleaned up a little bit we'll add your music onto it as well so that's that's an option too as a as a paid one that's cool. One of these days, I will actually look at Alitu. I, I, <laughs> finally, maybe, maybe finally. we can get you on the back on the show to go through that because I actually think that is a, an amazing tool to be able to. It, it's not specifically for live video; it's specifically for for podcasting. But mm. if you're going to be repurposing your your live video, yeah, why why not do that? So so that kind of brings me on just to a final quick question because we're 
Well, we're a little bit over time, but which is if you want to take things to the next level, what gear and tools would you recommend to uh, help level things up? And if you could, yeah, just let, let us know a little bit more about your your tool, Alitu, because it uh, sounds really cool. Yeah. I mean, the the next level up is probably something similar to the setup we've getting, got next door, where you do want to bring in more guests. You want to mix up maybe two people in the studio with somebody coming in from Skype. You know, it becomes a little bit more complicated at that point, and that's when you would want to get a mixer. So there's a couple of nice little mixers out there. You've got the, the Yamaha MG10, really nice little mixer, only about 100 and something pounds. The Rode, again, Rode, the Rodecaster Pro is one that came out just uh, six months ago, yeah. which has really been kind of mixing up the podcasting scene because it's quite expensive. It's about $600, so maybe four or 500 pounds, but it's a really cool little device. It does so many cool things for podcasters in particular from being able to mix in four different voices, but also the, these like um, pad buttons where you can play effects and your music and you can, you can record direct to memory card. You can, you can do mix minus really easily, which basically just means having somebody on the other end of the call that you can play the music to, you can play calls to, you can have two people in the studio, one on the, one on the line, you know? So bringing in a mixer is, it's a big decision because it really complicates things, but it does give you a lot of flexibility. If you're, you know, a year into your show, you want to start mixing up the format, really bringing in a lot more dynamic elements to it. It can work really well. That's cool. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. And, and, Alitu, how can people find out more about that? And what would you say? Oh, that's my phone going off. <laughs> that's that's one of the things you should always do. Switch your phone off. That was just a warning. That was just an example warning, wasn't it? Ian? Yeah. <laughs> um, so Alitu is, yeah, it's, it's an app we built because lots of people were asking us from our audience on the podcasthost.com. Uh, one of the biggest pains in the bum for most people is editing. It's how to get your podcast edited. Lots of people don't want to know what a bit rate is, what compression is, what equalization is, all that stuff. So with Alitu, you can upload your raw recording. So that includes a live video if you want to repurpose it, or it could be just a, a wave recording. It could be a Skype recording, something you did in Ecamm. You upload that, we'll clean it up. So we do noise reduction, leveling, get all the volumes right. We put it into an episode builder where we then add your music automatically. So your theme music's put on the start and the end. You can add in a bunch of different sections. So you can put in an advert or maybe a, a transition for like your regular news segment. You know, the music comes in or something like that. You can build that template really easily. Um, and we have an editor in there too. So if you do want to edit out mistakes, you can do, you can cut them out. And then we can publish as well. So we create the final file and we can send it automatically to most of the good podcast hosting platforms out there. So the idea is just to really make it really easy to put together your podcast so you don't have to worry about the kind of over technical aspects of of editing and audition or audacity all those extra bits we don't really need we've cut it right down to just what podcasters need to produce their show that sounds great yeah and of course once you've edited the podcast you need to put it somewhere you've mentioned podcast hosts so obviously mm. you need to then put it get put it upload it to a podcast host and then they will take care of that and, and you need to send it to apple podcasts and all that kind of stuff yeah, we, yeah. We, we, we can talk about that another time we'll, we'll probably have you on and we can talk about all of that side of things just before we finish uh, carrie asked a quick question which i will just answer just at the end which is more specifically to do with live video tools so she says she's tried be live uh, but 
I'm considering Ecamm. So actually, I interviewed the guys from Ecamm Live a few episodes ago, and I also interviewed the co-founder of StreamYard a couple of episodes ago. So I would definitely check out those episodes. We're going to have somebody from BeLive hopefully next month. But yeah, uh, the, the, the difference is Ecamm Live is for Mac only, whereas BeLive runs through the browser. So there are pros and cons with both. But one of the big advantages with Ecamm is, is the fact that you can download the video for later for it. So it makes repurposing far easier. BeLive, I think they're probably going to be adding that soon. Uh, but also check out uh, StreamYard because they do have that facility of downloading the video for later as well. So uh, yeah, any more questions on that? And uh, I'm very happy to go into that. But it's been great to have you on the show, Colin. How can people find out more about you? Best place is thepodcasthost.com. Just pop over to the website there and you'll find everything about what we do and all this sort of start to podcast stuff if you're interested. That sounds great. And are you on the uh, on the socials? Yeah, the podcast host on Twitter is probably the easiest place. Yes, Twitter. That's great. Well, thank you, Colin. It's been great to have you on the show. And yeah, if if you're up up for it, it would be lovely to have you on again. We can delve a little bit deeper into podcasting. But it's been great to have you on. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure to talk to you. And cheers. Fab. Well, it's the end of the show, and I encourage you to level up your impact, authority, and profits using live video. See you soon, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. Be sure to join the community at iag.me where you can continue to level up your impact, authority and profits through the power of live video. And until next time, toodaloo. Podcasting from live video podcasting from live video podcasting from live video podcasting from i think it's time to learn podcasting from live video i think it's time to get colin gray on the show podcasting from your live video show Did you know It's the only way